When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is The Current, presented by Brian Subaru, the official podcast of Tulane Athletics. This is the place to hear from the people who make the green wave roll each and every week. The Current is also brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Louisiana. Get the strength of the cross, the protection of the shield, and thousands of top doctors with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Louisiana. The right card, the right care. And by Children's Hospital of New Orleans, the health experts for kids. Hey there, folks, and welcome to The Current, the official podcast of Tulane Athletics. My name is Corey Glore, and have you all recovered from Saturday? I have not. Forgive me if I sound a little bit scratchy, but your friendly radio broadcaster is powering through, just like Tulane football did to the American Athletic Conference this season, the 2022 AAC champions, the Tulane Green Wave, and we're keeping the celebration going here on The Current. This week's lineup is brought to you by Helm. Helm Paint and Decorating provides quality paint, paint supplies, and equipment for residential, commercial, and interior design jobs. All the highlights from the 45-28 win over UCF as heard right here on the Tulane Sports Network from Learfield will come your way here on the show. Plus, a special treat for you all. You're going to get a replay of our coverage immediately following the game. Myself, Steve Berrios, Maddie Hudak, and our exclusive post-game interviews with Coach Willie Fritz, Shay Wyatt, Dorian Williams, and Nick Anderson, a bunch of guys that Maddie was finding on the field after the game was over as well. You'll want to hear that. But let's hear from a couple of these champions, three guys born and raised here in New Orleans who are now part of history in this town. Defensive tackle Noah Taliancic, offensive lineman Josh Remitich, and Nickelback Macon Clark. We break down Saturday's game, what this means to the city of New Orleans having grown up right here, and so much more. That's coming up next. Each day at Brian Subaru, our job is simple. We match up our Subaru customers with the Subaru they love. At Brian Subaru, we know all members of your family, including your beloved pets, have a say-so in the process. For a wonderful sales experience, come in to Brian Subaru. We consistently have great financing opportunities every month on all models in stock. Brian Subaru, 8305 Airline Drive in Metairie or briansubaru.com. Family, Subarus, and love. That's Brian Subaru. 
Tulane fans, college football is back. So grab your friends and a cold, refreshing Dos Equis lager and make the most of game day. Dos Equis is the one to score for your tailgate at the bar or even watching with your friend who went to that other school. So buy a cold, crisp Dos Equis and roll wave. Dos Equis, proud partner of Tulane Athletics. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2022. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Hey, Oscar, Oscar, wake up. Hi, this is Otis and Oscar, the talking spokes oysters for Acme Oyster House. You've probably seen us on TV. My friend Oscar is, uh, sleeping. You know, we oysters like our pets. Anyway, drop by tonight for a dozen raw, a dozen char grilled, a seafood platter or po' boy, and maybe a few laughs. Come Acme, bro. <coughs> Not you. Acme Oyster House. Life's more fun with seafood. This segment of The Current is brought to you by Tulane Orthopedics. The leaders in orthopedic care in the Gulf South are ready to see you. Visit them online at orthotulane.com or give them a call at 504-988-0100. Noah, Josh, Macon, congratulations, boys. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you. A few days removed from Saturday. How is everyone doing? How's everyone feeling after uh, Macon? I'll start with you. How have been the last 72 hours for you? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like a champ. <laughs> Josh, how, how have things been for you here since uh, Saturday night? Definitely feeling like a champion. Everybody in the city is congratulating us. It truly means a lot. We have fun. So Noah? Uh, yeah, just surreal and just uh, blessed. You know, it's just we've all been working so hard. And just to see uh, um, everybody be successful at the end of the year and, you know, accomplish our goals, it's just surreal and it's awesome. I, I wanted to talk with. Uh, a bunch, as I think more guys are getting some snowballs out <laughs> there. Like it's it. still Victory Snowball <laughs> yeah, Tuesday you know. here as we're recording. Uh, I wanted to talk to some New Orleans kids after this one here because uh, it's something you just alluded to, Josh. Uh, you guys have been in this town and the surrounding areas, Destrahan, obviously, here for uh, your whole lives. And now Tulane is the talking point of this city. Yeah. Macon, could you have imagined growing up experiencing where Tulane is now and what this city has done to embrace it? So when I was growing up, I mostly was hearing about LSU. You know, that was kind of a popping team. But as of now, these last couple of years, we had some bowl games. This year we've been doing pretty good. So we've been to talk around town. And I've just been proud to be on the team and just representing my team because – which has been a main talk around town in college football. And I'm just proud to be in this environment and on the team. I uh, want to dive more into you three and growing up here, and especially one of you who would be coming to a lot of these games growing yeah. up, Mr. Taliancich. But uh, let, let, let's, talk, let's decompress from Saturday here first. Uh, and now that we've had some time to dissect not just the celebration, but also how the game unfolded, uh, Josh, I want to start with you because this team put up something like 600. It was like 654, something like that. Uh, yeah, on a pretty dang good UCF club that, uh, yeah. that we saw not too long ago. Um, as the game was unfolding and you were seeing big play after big play unfold in front of you while you're out in the field, was there a moment which you knew when you were out there that this offense wasn't going to be stopped? i say – Kind of when we were able to get the running game going at the beginning of the game, kind of got up on them quick, and we kind of just didn't take our foot off the pedal and just 
we kept on, we were able to run the ball. We averaged like 8.2 yards a carry or something like that. I mean, Tajay had 199 yards. He was like unstoppable. And then once we kind of drew them more into the box, they started putting more players in the box and the passing game opened up. And then we obviously saw the more explosive plays towards kind of the middle of the game, the end of the game. And it was just really fun. Kind of like the second quarter, I was like, all right, this is our game. We're going to win this game. We kind of didn't back down. We kept on fighting. When I'm sure fans out there have been watching the Tajay run on repeat since Saturday, and that's going to be one that's going to exist in Tulane lore for a long time. Well, when they watch closely, they're going to see a number 68 <laughs> on that pole block, along with, with, with tight end Will Wallace there, who I'll tell you what, the year that he's had has gone overlooked because yeah. of he's not getting thrown to a lot, but what he has been doing has been instrumental to this yeah. offense. But there's you, there's Will, that initial block, and then Tajay was there to do the Shoots rest. The <laughs> take, take me through that. Take me through that play. Because you, you throw your block right away there, Josh, yep. and then the rest you're watching, right? Yeah, so I, I kind of I I pull, I kick the guy out, and then I hear Will come around and hit his guy, and then I turn my head, and I see Tajay shoot out the hole. And I was like, all right, he's gone. You I, knew right away. Oh, yeah. I know Tajay, he's a magical runner. He finds a way for everything. And I knew once I saw Will kick his guy out, I knew he was going. He was running. So it felt good when I saw that. When the biggest point of resistance in a run like that is uh, your own teammate that's fallen on the ground, you jump over him. <laughs> Poor Lawrence Keys. If he would have stood up a little bit later, yep. then Tajay would have cartwheeled there. But uh, Noah, let, let's go through this from, from the defensive side and make an loop you in here as well. But um, the, the UCF running game did a number on us back in the regular yeah. season. Not so much on Saturday. Mm -hmm. What was the biggest point of focus for you and the boys up front to try and contain John Rice Plumley, who you know, we don't know how healthy he was, obviously, mm -hmm. but he, he did a number on us, yeah. as well as Isaiah Bowser in that group that has been so good this year. Mm -hmm. um, I think what we really focused on was, you know, the first game we were kind of playing out of character. I think we, uh, you know, thought of it as too much of a big game and you know oh it's a ranked opponent blah 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 you know we're coming in here and but this time you know coach really sat us down and said hey guys you know like let's just play our brand of football like we've been doing it game in and game out like play our brand of football let's stop the run you know like just play physical football and um you know I think the whole defense did that and just held the line of scrimmage great and um you know just playing our our brand of football and you know not uh making it too big of a moment so I think that really helped out and just uh you know, at the end of the day, it's a football game, and we've been doing it our whole lives. So I think just calming down helped a lot, you know, calming down and just doing your job. I think everybody did their job, which helped a lot. The tone was set pretty early on defensively by Mr. Clark over here. The first mm -hmm. drive, you snuffed out that little screen pass to Ryan O'Keefe there on third down, and then I believe it was their second drive. They go for it on fourth down. Maybe it was their third drive it, in our territory, and mm -hmm. you're able to pull that one down. That we talked about your instincts prior to the game last right. week. I had you on the pregame show last week. Uh, they were out in full force right away on Saturday. What was it about the early moments of that game that had you kind of cranked up and that effective? Um, I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tense game. We had to come out fast, first quarter. Um, we had to play out around the football, like, like Tyler said. Um, we knew they wanted big plays. We had to eliminate it. They make big plays out of the screens, the quarterback run, the run. 
we just had to do our job, our 111, and just trust the trust the coach and put us in the right position. And we just had a long week of film study, and we just dominated. How much of a revenge factor was discussed in the week leading up? And uh, the, the stakes were obvious for the magnitude of the mm-hmm. game, but the fact that this was the one team that beat us in conference play here, was that ever on the discussion table last week? And now that we're removed from the game, are you allowed to talk about it if it was? <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, Noah, I'll start with you. You had a wry smile on your um, face going there. Well, you know, right after the uh, – I think both these guys can say that too. Right after they beat us in the regular season, the whole locker room, nobody was upset. You know, everybody was saying, we're going to see him again. And that was the whole move. We're going to see him again. We're going to do our part. We're going to win these next two games. And we're going to play UCF again. And, I mean, I feel like that's a – I feel like this team, man, just – one of the best teams I've been around mindset-wise and just uh, positivity. It's just, I've, I've never heard anybody complain about anything, and everybody just shows up to work and does their job. And, um, you know, it's a testament to this team and where we're at right now. And um, But, yeah, I feel like that's definitely on everybody's mind. After I mean, you have to be if you're a competitor. Like, we all are. We're competitors, and, you know, they came to our house and beat us, and, you know, that was a, a big statement for us to go and, uh, you know, show them that we can defend our own home in front of our fans. So, Definitely. We do go to Southern Miss next year. I, I, I know two of you two of will probably be here. You, you probably won't be, Mr. Clark. But, uh, yeah, we do go to Southern Miss next year. So just mm-hmm. make sure we're keeping that. We're discussing that now here yep. for yeah. 2023. Um, <laughs> as we were – as the season has unfolded, you all were here last year. Um, and that's another reason why I want to talk to you three and the, the very crazy ride of 2021 and now the response of 2022 – now that we are, we have some time to actually decompress a little bit, and the Cotton Bowl prep will begin here in earnest, but have you three been able to actually fully encapsulate and think about the rebound of 2-10 and 10 to 11-2 and two in conference champions? Macon, have you had that opportunity yet to really actually put into perspective what this <laughs> program's done? Yeah, that was crazy. Um, <laughs> that was real crazy. We made a big change around, turn around. Um, I think big, Kirk Hester was a big help in that. Yep. Um, just all season. Straight the first week we got back, we had a team meeting. And just about just leaving that behind us and just focus on this upcoming season. And um, we worked hard. We came together as a team. We started to focus more. Um, the brotherhood was way different from what it was last year. I mean, last year it wasn't bad, but. This year we just came closer. Um, we put more us time together, like you know what I'm saying. Just um, and it, last year was Coach Ham first time too, but hmm. he did very good this year. He did very good last year That's too. That's an understatement, yeah. I would say, with what you guys have done the defensive <laughs> side of the ball. Yeah, I think we stepped up pretty big on uh, defense. Um, made a couple changes, and we just did our job and just went to know every week. And it worked out pretty good. Josh, when was that taken to heart, the 1-0? and Because we talked about this, Steve and I, on the broadcast as things are wrapping up Saturday. A lot of teams do say that. Yeah. A lot of programs <clears throat> do have that idea. And, taking, and I think every coach in the country will preach something like that. But very few actually take it and do it, like yeah. this one has. When was the, the first moment this year in which that was truly put into play in your mind? I think kind of after, I think after the Southern Miss loss, I think that's when we kind of like 
we got to stop worrying about the next game. We got to focus on this one. We got to focus on our opponent because obviously after the big Kansas State win and then we come out and we lose to Southern Miss at home, that one that one hurt. That hurt us. And then when we ever started saying, want to know, want to know, we starting to realize we got to focus on the now. We can't be, oh, we're going to do this. We got to, each week we got to go out and beat our opponent and kind of just look at our opponent that week and not worry about the next one. When was it, Noah, that, you know, there was a talk going on even before the season started about the goal was the conference title. Nick Anderson pretty famously yeah. in, to the media right at the start of fall camp. Mm -hmm. And, he, you know, we're sitting in the room where he was just interviewed again by yeah. the media, and he was asked about that day mm -hmm. again. When did you believe that? Um, I think as – like I said, as a competitor, you always have to strive for, like, the best you can do, obviously. And um, like Macon said, bringing in Coach Hester, it kind of – I think these guys can uh, attest to this, but it was just a big boost in confidence with Hester, a um, big um, motivational factor. And, you know, all these coaches – um, I can genuinely say these coaches make it fun to come here every day, this this group of coaches and this group of guys. And, um, you know, that it was believable because of this group of leaders and this group of seniors that we have around us. And from what we did last year to, you know, where we saw ourselves in the off season and spring ball, you know, it was really like, oh, wow, like we, uh, you know, we have all the pieces here. We have it. And then just to have this, this confidence and, like I said, these uh, these leaders and the captains that we have to just – every day coming in and work as hard as they can. And you, at the whole team season, the whole team feeds off of it. And for Nick to go up there and say that, it's like, oh, yeah, like we're – yeah, we're doing this. And then I don't know if you remember the Let's Talk Football. You yep. remember that? And Nick set it up there too. And yep. he told everybody there, hey, like we're not going to the bowl – like we're not just winning the bowl game. Like we're winning conference. And uh, that's when it really hit me at the Let's Talk Football event. And I was like, we're, we're going to win – like we were just wrapping up fall camp. And I was like, we had a great fall camp. And I was like – we can win every game on the schedule, and we could we could do something big here. So that's when it really hit me was that let's talk football, man, and how confident Nick was with it. Macon, who was the first person you found Saturday once the celebration started on the field? The first person. Who was the first person you hugged, sideline, or just some random fan? Do you remember who the first person was? There, there are many photos of you just wearing <laughs> sunglasses, walking around. <laughs> still, like, I mean, it's, you, you, you had a vibe going. But do you remember the first person? Because defense had just come off the field by right. that point. Michael had to take one more knee, so you were, you were out there, I would imagine, Josh, yep. for that one. <clears throat> uh, but but Macon, you were back on the sideline. Who was the person you were? Do you remember that you were next to that the, the first hug you gave out to? It was crazy, but I think it was Fat Watts. Oh wow! I know the the the, the stands were going crazy, the field was going crazy, but I think it was Fat Watts. I was like, we did it, bro. <laughs> I, I, people, I don't think people fully grasp uh, like the the number of guys that actually went down with pretty major injuries this year too. Like we we've stayed healthy. Pretty well intact, and mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to one of you about healthier in a second, Mr. Remitich, but um, because, boy, you've been through it. But, you know, I think about Fat going down week two. Jaden Kennedy went down. We, Adonis Freelu didn't play the year. Right. I mean, the, the number of guys that did suffer injuries here, there, there were a, at least a dozen mm -hmm. here. And, and to man maneuver through that and get to this point, uh, I, that hasn't, I don't think, been put fully into perspective yet as to the depth of this team, right? Uh -huh. And um, – Josh, you were out there for the kneel down. So, did you have a lineman near you? Who did you grab first? Um, actually, the first guy I, I kind of was like was shaking hands. I, 
I went across the, the line of scrimmage and just shook number five's hand. Um, Ricky Barber. Yep, yeah. Ricky Barber. He's a hell of a player. And then uh, I went and show, I gave a hug to Sincere. I gave a hug to Rashad, uh, Prince, and then Joey. Joey was crying. So I gave a big old hug to him, and then I started to tear up. And then as I was walking kind of towards the middle of the field, all the fans started running into the back of me. I thought I was about to fall. Mm. And then uh, I kind of got to the middle of the field, and I found my family. My sister ran up to me. She was crying. My mom was crying. I actually saw my dad cry. I never seen my dad cry. He was crying. So it felt really good whenever I saw them, and all my friends were there. So it was fun. It was exciting. Joey strikes me as a guy who is very, very tough on the surface, but then you turn on, like, up, and he's crying <laughs> the first 10 minutes. Like, he, he's one of those. He's, yeah. he's a teddy bear, isn't he? Yep. Noah, who was the first person you found? Um. So it was crazy. Like Josh was saying, I, I kind of ran out to the 50. Um, I don't know why but my mom was going, oh, I got to go shake hands with the other team, and then I didn't see a single UCF player. So uh, <laughs> then I just saw the whole student section right in front of me. And uh, I actually found my sister. She ran on the field. She stormed the field. I found my brother, and then um, I don't know how, but somehow or another, my fiance ran up. I saw her, and then I saw Joey's fiance's sister. So she was with my fiance. So those were, like, the first three people I saw. And then I was just trying to find my family because, like, as you know, we're season ticket holders. All We take up a section over here, about 20-something seats, and I'm I'm just going, where's my where's my dad? Where's my, my papa? All of them at? And uh, I didn't think about it, but – at the at the time, I was like, "Where's my papa?" And you know, he didn't storm the field. Obviously, I mean, I, I didn't think that <laughs> through. <laughs> I mean, you, you say that, but the number of people that wound up on the field, yeah, of all ages, yeah. mm-hmm. like it, it's something now that is also part of why I want to talk to three New Orleans kids here about this. That it felt like a moment for yeah. the city. It's been a long time, yes. and. When you realize it wasn't just students out there, but then you started seeing like fully grown adults mm-hmm. and you know that have worked their way down yeah, from the greenbacker yep. section and everything that that wound up on the field. Um, as kids who grew up here, and uh, I'll, I'll go back to you, Noah, because you have been going to these games for yep. how long now? How um, long have? Uh, what I was, was the I first was, game you went to? Do you remember that? It was in the dome. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what game it was, but I used to go to the games when we played in the dome. Um, you know, growing up, the be- the best season that we had was when we went to the um, New Orleans Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I remember that year. That was like a a great year. I just remember being like, two lanes, we're back, we're back, you know. <laughs> and it was a six-win season. I'm like, we're, we're doing it. Like, we're, we're here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was the – as long as I can remember, I was in the dome when you could hear a pin drop. Going from that to out here on Saturday, it's just insane. And, uh, yeah, it's surreal, like I said. Surreal. When did you know you wanted to come here to play football? Um, was it that first game in the Dome? or? Um, I always wanted to come play here. Um, obviously, you know, getting recruited, um, I told my high school coach, he asked me, he said, where do, where do you want to end up? And I, it wasn't a – I mean, everybody knew. I wasn't hiding the – it wasn't a secret. Uh, Tulane, you know, everybody kind of knew that. And then right when Coach Fritz offered and, you know, came and visited and stuff, I – I was committed to um, ULL, and uh, I think everybody knew what, what was going to happen. So <laughs> that's uh, that's when the dream came true. But, you know, I was just, like I said, growing up every game, uh, I'd play the NCAA football games, and I'd play with my buddies, and I'd always play with Tulane, and they'd be like, what are you doing, man? And I'd be naming all these players and stuff, and uh-huh. everybody's like, dude, what are you – how do you know all the Tulane players? I'm like, dude, it's just like my team, man. Like, so it's just – 
like, yeah, growing up, like my dad sent me a picture yesterday, and I was in the stands of the – we played UConn eight years ago, and it was on this uh, last Saturday eight years ago, or two Saturdays ago, eight, year, eight years ago, and he was just like going from the stands on the field, and I just – that's kind of when it hit me, like when you were asking them the question about, you know, winning conference champs and – I was like, wow, like, yeah. You were devoted if you were here for a late November against UConn. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Macon, when did Tulane get on your radar? When did you, when did when was this the school that uh, you that you knew you wanted to come to? Uh, I haven't asked you this before, but what was the process like for you to stay home? Um, in high school, I wasn't highly recruited, but I just wanted a chance, and uh, was first gave me that chance. And when I came on uh, my visit, I actually came on a, a home visit. We had a great talk with him and my family. Um, I just felt comfortable talking to him. He fit right in. Felt like I fit right in when I came on my official visit. And um, it just felt like home. And my house around the corner, so I wouldn't be far from home. So I wouldn't be homesick or anything. <laughs> my mom could bring me food. Um, it's a great academic school. And I felt like I had a best chance in just playing football here and just I feel like we could have did great things, which we did. And I had a great class that we signed with, Larry Brooks. Um, a couple people left, that's who I signed with. But, yeah, we had a great class, and um, it just felt right. Uh, underrated moment from Saturday, by the way, is Larry Zion Williamson, his cleat late in the game. Oh, yeah, Remember, yeah, he just blew right <laughs> through his cleat. You were out there running around. Yeah, and like, what was a long play. Yeah. <laughs> and then you looked down, and I thought Larry was hurt. And then Steve said, no, wait, his left foot just powered through his cleat. Yeah. That, that, I mean, if that doesn't show how hard you guys have fought for a moment like that, then nothing will. Jo Josh, uh, Holy Cross kid, <laughs> when, when did Tulane get on your radar? When did you know that this is where you wanted to be? Uh, so – Tulane was actually my first offer. It was the first school I started talking to, and they offered me. That was my first offer. And kind of as the recruiting process went on, I committed after my uh, junior year, and I kind of stuck with them. I took my official visit, and I was like, you know, this, this is the home for me. Um, I met all the guys, great family here. And then uh, kind of what went into my mind was, I can come to these games. Or my family can come to these games. My grandparents. I still want my grandparents to come see me play. You know, if I went away, then none of my parents wouldn't be able to come to every game like they do. So kind of then the big thing for me was is education. Uh, get this degree. You can go anywhere with it. So it made me realize all my family, my friends, can still come to the games. I'm close to home. And like make it say, I can go around the corner and get a home-cooked meal. <laughs> that's that. Yep. That's hard to beat. <laughs> yeah. What 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 are the meals that you are requesting after you all win a championship from your parent? Making what's the best thing your mom makes for you? I like crawfish fettuccine. And my dad gonna make some, a couple of ribs. Uh, poached style chicken. I eat a lot. Yes, you do. <laughs> and, my, and my dad likes there, the grill. So I, there's no way you eat more than linemen, though. You can't eat more than these two. But so. now it's a challenge I want to put <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Josh, what's the meal that is getting whipped up for you after winning a conference title? Uh, so my little brother, he cooks some good steaks, but I like my mom. My mom fries some pork chops, get some white beans. Uh, she makes these stuffed bell peppers, and this borderline pasta is out of this world. So as I grew up eating that, you can't, you can't beat it. Noah? Yeah, it's tough. Uh my mom cooks so much stuff. Um, 
I couldn't even pick, but I guess like a, a championship meal would be a nice big steak, you know, uh, <laughs> like a loaded baked potato or something. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I can't pick one of my mom's meals. She does it all. So uh, shout out to moms. <laughs> <laughs> that Shout out to moms is yeah. correct. As three people who grew up here, um, and did you ever, th- like you were not around for the 98 season. And that was the last mm-hmm. one that was the real the, that yeah. grabbed this city, like this one has. Did you think growing up in your wildest dreams that Tulane would be the talk of this town again, Josh? Not really, because I don't know it was a big Tulane <laughs> fan. But I, I honestly, I the first time I came to a Tulane game was the sophomore high school year. My my friend's dad had tickets uh, in the Glazier. He was like, hey, you want to go to the Tulane game? I was kind of hesitant. And then I went, and we actually uh, we won, or Tulane won. So it was fun. You can say we. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we won. Um, but kind of what was crazy to me was, like, when I was on the field, one of the fans ran up to me, and he was crying. And he was he came and shook my hand. He said, thank you so much. I've been waiting for this for 40 years. And that was like, it kind of just hit me. I got the chills when he said, I was like, God, people have been sitting here 40 years waiting for Tulane to, you know, succeed. <laughs> kind of like to win conference. And I had a couple of people come up to me. It was like, well, I've been waiting for 30 years. I've been waiting for 20. I was like, I mean, I was like, that guy's been there for 40 years. And he, yeah. He's never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. It was, I was just like, it, it brought me joy, like bringing this to people and like being able to contribute to this team and to this city and kind of play for the city. It was meant a lot. Yeah. Macon, when you were growing up, did you think this day would be coming and you'd be a part of it? To be honest, I would have never thought this. Um, <laughs> um, actually, I really didn't know a lot about Tulane. I knew of them, but I really didn't think I was going here. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about college. I just was playing high school football until my senior year. I started thinking about college. And uh, Coach first gave me the opportunity to play here. I took it around with it. I kept my head down, kept working. Actually, um, after the game, I had got ready. I didn't take a shower. I kept my jersey on. Um, I talked to my family. I, had, I still had face paint on. I went to the store to grab something to eat. I'm um, getting out the car, and a couple of people had stopped me. They were like, I'm so proud of y'all. Y'all did a great for the city. Um, Tulane finally black in history. Um, that, like you said, it took about 40 years. <laughs> they said the same exact thing. I was like, yeah, um, we just kept working. Um, we're not done. We're going to do the same thing next year. Mm, and I was just saying thanks and just appreciate the love because they, they, they were cheering for us the whole year. And yeah. I just totally appreciate it. Noah, and, and I know you probably have to run here in a little bit. I got yeah. a little bit more time. All right, yeah. It'd be easy. Now, now we're getting uh – a little nostalgic, so I'm, I, I can stay for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You, you boys still have, like, school yeah, to do yeah, here. Yeah. We have a month off between games, but you guys mm-hmm. still have class and all that stuff. So, so Noah, as someone who was coming to games since you were a little yeah. kid, did you envision a day like Saturday ever coming? Um, I'd be lying if I said I didn't, but, um, you know, I always – I didn't know I'd be a part of it. You know, that's, the like, the part I said is surreal. But, um, you know, through this year, <clears throat> i just been with my whole family, and they've been – you know, talking to me about it, and um, you know, I, they never wanted to, because I'm part of the team. They never wanted to say anything like, "Hey, like this is insane. Like, you know, this is the best year we've had in a long time." But it's just been like, "Hey, man, like, it's been the back of their minds." But after Saturday, it all came full circle, and they were like, "You are part of the 
one of the best Tulane teams ever. And, you know, that's when it really hit me, too. And it's just like um, – it's just a testament to this team, man. Like, we worked so hard. And to be able to accomplish that, like they were saying, 40 years is what they've been waiting. Like, my papa has been – he has the 98 season taped. And um, Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's it? I'm, I'm VCR. VCR. Yeah. Sorry, I drew. God, blind. you kids are so. Yeah. Young. <laughs> <laughs> he had it on VCR, and he had the um, the bowl game, and we would watch that. The like Liberty that, Bowl. Yeah, the yeah. Liberty Bowl, and we'd watch that. Like that would be like our rewatching of the Saints mm-hmm. Super Bowl. We'd watch that, and they'd be like, "Man, ninety eight, ninety eight, ninety eight, yeah. and you know, just talking to my uncles and stuff, and they were like, and the, just to do it, it's just like, it's awesome for the city. Like you were saying, like grown men on the field and older people saying. Hey, we've been waiting for this. That's when it hit me, too, when I was dapping up everybody, and they were like, dude, we've waited so long, we waited so long. And I was like, I thought I was waiting long. Because I had to pull myself out as a fan, obviously, because it's like mm-hmm. I'm on the team now. But then it hit me back, and, like, that's when I was I was like, wow, like, dude, I've been waiting long, too. Like, <laughs> like I'm, And now to be on the team, it's like, it's just, it's awesome. I, I'm just so proud of this this team and this group of guys and these coaches, and everybody deserves it that's around this program. So, Yeah. I don't know if that answers the question. No, I kind of ran around it a little well, bit. <laughs> welcome to broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you, you have had your fair share of injuries to navigate yeah. through as well, Noah. J- Josh, though, I want to go to you for this because, uh, goodness, uh, it, I don't think people fully grasp what the the road you've traveled to get here. And they'll, they'll see an elbow brace on you every game. Yep. Uh, uh, for you to be at this point, to now be a starting offensive lineman for a conference championship team, when, boy, about a month into the year, we weren't seeing you around. Yeah. W- what has this been like for you this year for you? Uh, it's been crazy. So, like uh, like you said, I got hurt at the beginning of the season. It was during practice for the Kansas State week. Uh, dislocated my elbow, and I thought I thought that was the end of it. I tore two of the ligaments. I tore some of the muscles. So, I was like, I kind of went and got the MRI, and I, like, I couldn't even like lay down on the thing. I couldn't lay down on the tube and straighten my arm out for the for the MRI pictures. And then I kind of like uh, like you get two options: you need to have surgery, and then maybe play the last two games of the year, or don't have surgery and try and rehab it. And come back in three or four weeks. So I obviously tried did the rehab route, and then uh, it kind of just got better and better. And I got to wear the brace all the time, so it, it, it's. It's, you had a knee scare in camp too. Yep. Yeah. I sprained my MCL in camp, and then able to come back from that. So it's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of emotions. So it's this has been crazy for me. No, I think the one thing that would have made this better for you is if you waited until Saturday to propose to your girlfriend <laughs> instead of <laughs> the bye week. Yeah, I don't know. It might have been a little hectic. Uh, I don't know how that would have went Where would you have hit the ring and everything like yeah, that? Yeah, I don't know how that would have went over. And um, I'd have to find her first, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After everybody stormed, it was a uh, – yeah, it was funny. My brother actually lost his wallet storming the field, so. Has he found it? Yeah, he found it. Actually, right, crazy okay. story. A kid right on um, Calhoun, like, his wallet made its way to Calhoun. <laughs> so, but it's back now, so, you know. As long as it didn't make it to the boot, that's yeah. all that matters. <laughs> it might have. It well, it might have after changing hands, yes. Yeah. 
So uh, yeah, you, you did you did uh, get engaged over the off week, mm-hmm. yes, the off bye week, week yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. You're the one one guy that was doing something during the off yes. week there. Yep. Uh, Macon, uh, you know, it, you've gone from not really heavily recruited to a conference first teamer uh, here <laughs> this year, and now we talked about the position switch and everything like that. But um, have you been able to kind of grasp what this year has been for you personally? yet now that we've had a few days since this conference championship game ended and and the journey that you have taken to get to this point um it's been a blessing um i couldn't do it without my defense and my coaches um every day they push me to go harder and when i'm when i'm lacking i just not showing as much effort um the coaches and the linebackers get on me. Sometimes my own DBs get on me. Like, come on, yeah, you kind of have two positions. I get to get on you now, being a nickel. Though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get on me a little bit. Come telling me, come on, um, hustle up. But yeah, it's it been a fun season. It's been a fun four years. Um, I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. Um, it's just been a blessing, for real. Like, because I wouldn't ever thought I would be in this position. But. Um, it's been a long process, a long process. I, I do have some advice for you here as we wrap things up. Uh, what class do you need to get to, Noah? Um, it's insurance and risk law. Wolf. Uh, wow, you sure you don't want to stick around? <laughs> All right. Uh, a couple pieces of advice for you, uh, Macon. One, uh, the put shoes on because those feet are the worst feet. <laughs> I get that a lot. Like, oh, my God. I get I'm that not going to even take a photo the of Dogs those. are barking. Wow. <laughs> I get that a lot. That's, that's oh insane, my. dude. But uh, and two and keep this in mind for January second when we go to the Cotton Bowl, uh, the T-shirt over the shoulder pads. Yeah. Uh, take the time to switch out, like because that's an awkward look. But you pulled it off with the sunglasses. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and you said you're walking around like that for like an hour and a half or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. So the, my my piece of advice from the broadcast position: uh, wear shoes, make yeah. it. Uh, uh, Josh, your feet look fine there. I haven't. I know I was wearing shoes. Yeah, I'm close to it today. Yeah, I'm close to it today. But uh, and yeah, just uh, you know, uh, as we get ready for the Cotton Bowl here and hoping for uh, another celebration afterward, yeah. just you know, schematically, just you know, to take the gear off, put the t-shirt on, or yeah. something like that. All right, guys, fellas, uh, as three kids who have grown up here in this town, uh, you have been part of a pretty momentous occasion here in this city. And now you're, now you're starting to realize it, I think. Um, and all three of you have had some pretty instrumental parts in getting to this point, whether you were here at age six going to games or whether you were throwing the lead block on that, the run for all runs there, whether you are just being the land shark that you are. Uh, you three are, are some of the best here to do it here in this city and here in this city's college football team. Congratulations on just an incredible ride this year, and let's go hang out in Dallas on New Year's. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank yes, you. Roll wave. If you have an orthopedic problem, Tulane has the answer. Whether you have a back problem, torn ligaments, worn out joints, a shoulder, elbow, or hand and wrist problem, the specialists at Tulane Orthopedics can provide the answer. Conveniently located at the Tulane Institute of Sports Medicine on the Uptown Campus, at Tulane Lakeside Hospital, and at Sports Medicine Plus in Lakeview, your answer is just a call or click away. To schedule your appointment, call 504-988-0100 or go to orthotulane.com. Hello, how can I help you? I'm looking for your new fast play games, but really, how fast are they? How fast do you say? Faster than a... Faster than a... Even faster than... Whoa! 
Hey, that's fast. Introducing new fast play games from the lottery. Get in between for a dollar. Rev up with $2 Super 7s. Bet on Black Cherry Bingo. Get the winning score with $5 Saints. And finally, it's a party with $10 cash extravaganza. Win up to $50,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. This segment of The Current is brought to you by Capital One. Proud partner of Tulane Athletics. What's in your wallet? From the Crescent City of New Orleans, up to the North Shore, down to the Bayou, and all around the world, Tulane football is on the air. Welcome to the 2022 American Football Championship between the number 18 Tulane Green Wave, 10-2 and two on the year, and the regular season AAC champs at 7-1. and one. And the number 22 UCF Knights, 9-3 and three on the year, 6-2. and two in the AAC. The 2022 American Football Championship in New Orleans for the first time ever. Let's have some fun with a conference title on the line. Glover sends one end over end to the south end zone. This will sail through for a touchback. Crowd rising early on here inside Yeoman. Clap of the hands, Plumley looking to throw. Pressure comes, checks it down to O'Keefe and he's hit hard. And right there at the line of scrimmage, blown apart by Macon Clark. Fourth and five, and UCF will punt it away. Three receivers left, Spears in the backfield on first down. Play action, Pratt pumps, now fires left sideline. Tyree James has it at the 40, down the sideline of the 45, and ushered out of bounds for the two-lane tight end. Tyreek James, he rips down a gain of 18 and a capital one first. And Spears gets the carry, left side, sliding forward. It's up the numbers to the 30, 25-20, and he takes a UCF tackler all the way down to the 15. Capital one first down, gain of 20 for Tajay Spears and into the red zone. Three receivers to the right for Tulane. Alex Bauman, the true freshman tight end, in the middle of Lawrence Keyes and Shea Wyatt on the wide side of the field on second down and five. Pratt looking to throw, looking, firing fade right side, looking for Wyatt. He's got it in the end zone. Touchdown, Tulane. What a beautiful opening drive. And Michael Pratt right on the money for the touchdown throw. Play clock winding down to seven. No urgency here. Now motion man O'Keefe right to left. Fake the give. And now there's Darius Hodges to rip down Plumley all the way back to the 32. That's the first time Tulane has sacked Plumley all year. 2.37 to play and rolling first quarter. Third down and five. Two receivers either side. Spears in the backfield. Pratt now rolling right. Checks it down the right sideline. Looking for Watts. He's got it. Slips a tackle to the 40. Down to the 30. Cuts up field to the 25, 20, 15, and push down inside the 10. Deuce Watts made one man miss, Steve, and then slid all the way down for 58 yards. First and goal. This will be a 27-yard try. For Valentino Ambrosio, dead center of the field. Ethan Hudak snaps, Casey Glover holds, and the kick is up on its way and good to make it a 10-0 two-lane lead. So two-lane stays perfect in the red zone against UCF this year. They're now 7-for-7 across the first two games. And with 101 to play here in this first quarter, the Green Wave lead at 10-0. UCF 10-for-16 on fourth down pickups this year. Howler in motion, right to left, stops as a wing. And Bowser, nope, it's Plumley keeping himself off the right side. Trip down, times forward, I don't think he got it. At the 23, and we will see where have the officials mark this here. They've got it at the 23, they need the 22. That's a turnover on downs. Wow. What an impeccable job by Macon Clark, Steve Barrios. Another great defensive effort. Stopping UCF on a fourth and one. Pratt looking right, fires to the sideline where it's caught the 40, turning up field, it's Lawrence Keys up to the 30, to the 25, 20 down the sideline, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Tulane! 
43 yards. Lawrence Keys right down the sideline. You live by the blitz. Sometimes you die by the blitz. They pack the box again with eight. Keys is out there one-on-one. -on -one. He makes the cornerback miss and then just turns on the Jets. Six foot, 190. Cassiano's looking for throw. He's in trouble. He gets out of a sack. Now finally pulled down at the 25. It's Patrick Jenkins. Shirt tail tackle for a big loss and a sack of Castellanos as the all-conference second teamer comes in for the big time stop. Third and 13, they'll bring four. Castellanos backpedaling in trouble, pulled down, back of the 15. Keith Cooper and Nick Anderson, back-to-back -back sacks of Castellanos. Tajay averaging five yards a carry here, you'll take that. And then some trips to the left on the wide side of the field. Tulane moves from left to right to the south end zone towards that jam-packed student section. Tajay again, left side, slithering up the middle, breaks free, he's at the 50, cuts to the left, he's at the 45. Stutter steps to the far sideline to the 40, 35, reversing course to the 30, to the 25, 20, still going, 10, 5, what a run! <laughs> Touchdown, Tulane! Wow, 60, unbelievable. 60 yards of pure magic. Tajay Spears, undeniable. It doesn't get any better than that. 23 to 7. Just an incredible, incredible run. We'll be watching that highlight for a long, long time. He got out of five different tackles. His biggest point of resistance was his own wide receiver at the 25. He had to jump over Lawrence Keys to keep on going. And boy, did he keep on going. Kobe Perry, part of a two-safety set for UCF. He did not play in the first half. He was ejected for targeting last week in South Florida, so he is back in the secondary for UCF on second down and seven. Spears up the right side, trying to work around him, and he does. Down the hash mark to the 35-40, breaking down the numbers, 50 to the 40, to the 30, and he's stung out of bounds at the 27-yard line. Ty J. Spears. He is hit. UCF loads up the box with eight defenders. Clap of the hands for Michael. Snap comes. And fake the give. Pratt firing over the middle. Deuce Watts is wide open. Springing free. And there he goes. Nobody's going to get him. Say goodnight to him. Touchdown, Tulane. Deuce Watts. And it comes off of play action. When you can run, you can use that play action very effectively, and that time Michael Pratt did exactly that. May put it into Tajay's stomach, and then he pulls it out the corner bit, and it was a perfect throw. Two receivers slot right. Now motion man Jackson, right to left, joins a trips receiver package. Michael in a throwing situation. Blitz comes, here it comes over the middle. Jackson one-handed, has it, has the first down. Down the sideline, up to the 40. Jaquan Jackson with a big time reel in with the left hand and he moves the chains a much needed Capital One first down. Yeah, UCF, they bring the house. Tulane gets a fresh set of downs of their own 40. Two receivers right, one receiver left That's Shea Wyatt between the hash and the numbers. Pratt, look it, look it. Now looking Wyatt's way, firing left side. It's caught at the 45, turns up field with a 40. To the 35, center step 30, slips the tackle down the sideline. 20, 10, 5, stand bound Shea. He does! Touchdown, Tulane! What a way to answer 
The Knights keep the offense on the field. They are three of four on fourth downs tonight. They need the two lane 41. Two receivers left, one to the right. Bowser the tailback on fourth and 10. Snap, three man rush. Plumley ejecting right, still rolling. On the run, takes up the numbers, drive down. Dorian Williams back at the 48. He's been doing it all year long. And Dorian Williams turns it over on downs with 5.42 to go. With an outstanding defensive play, Plumley drops back in a pocket, but immediately he's flushed. He's got a lot of open territory, but Dorian Williams comes out of nowhere to track him down and bring him down. No rush here, gentlemen. The play clock still at 12, but Tulane set up for second down and five. And now... John McMenamin on the sideline, wide receivers coach, says let's slow down a bit. Five seconds. There's a snap. And late pullout, Pratt is able to slide on a tackle down the sidelines at the 35-30. Foot race to the 25 and slides down at the 20. A little bit of your own medicine. Quarterback to quarterback, Michael Pratt with a late decision on the RPO and a big-time gain, a 20. Capital one first down and on the door of the red zone. And Michael's showing a little bit of his strength, also breaking that tackle to get outside after, a, again, a, just a great ball fake to Tajay Spears. Tulane looks for a knockout blow here at second down and six of the UCF 18. A field goal keeps it a two-possession game here, leading by 10. So Michael Pratt thinking end zone. Keys in motion left to right. Fake the give. Up the middle. Pratt running untouched to the end zone. Wow. Touchdown Tulane, and with 4.04 left, that may do it. Again, just a super ball fake by Michael Pratt and a great read as the defense collapses on the back. Michael Pratt sees an opening right up the middle for a touchdown. 18 yards. And the two-lane lead is back to 17 with 4.04 remaining tonight. Third down and five of the 30. 3.35 to play. Plumley looking, looking, looking. Pressure comes, bailing out right. Still looking for someone to throw to. Tracked down by Anderson. Shakes him free. Still loose to the 15. Now takes it upfield. He's finally brought down at the 20. A loss of 10 as Tulane finally gets to the quarterback, the Tulane secondary ran all over the field for about 20 seconds there, Steve. One of them is injured. That's Larry Brooks down at the 45, and that'll stop play. But 3.15 to go. Larry Brooks' shoe has come undone. The sole is separated from the top he of the shoe. Zion Williamson his cleat, his left cleat. That's right. Just burst right through it. Two left, one right. Plumley on first down. Takes it up the middle himself, and he's hit hard. Back at the 46, Patrick Jenkins and Nick Anderson with a meeting of the minds of the quarterback. Aller in motion right to left. Fourth and goal from the eights. Snap away. Plumley takes it up the middle, throws right. Caught. Harvey cannot get to the end zone. Pulled down by Dorian Williams at the four, and that will do it tonight. Wow. Ten seconds left in the game. Dorian Williams was not going to let that guy get in the end zone any way possible. 
one kneel down. And Tulane Nation, begin your migration to Arlington, Texas, as the Tulane Green Wave will take this dream season all the way to the Cotton Bowl. Victory formation. Knee down. Willie Fritz with the ice bath. And, and for the first time ever, the Tulane Green Wave have won the American Athletic Conference. The fireworks go off. The student section storms the field. Welcome back to college football fans. Tulane is on top of the American. This is just an incredible sight to see and a fitting end to an incredible season. Just unbelievable, it really is. Maddie Hudax in the mass of humanity on the field. She's gonna start grabbing players. Maddie, just let me know when he got someone, I'll send it down to you. My, oh my, what a sight here in Uptown New Orleans. A vision that has not been seen in generations. 45-28, the final. Tulane wins the AAC championship over the UCF Knights. This is what you do it for, folks. <laughs> Students keep coming out of the stands. We can't even see Coach Fritz or pretty much any, any individual players at all. Tulane students have flooded the field here inside Yeoman Stadium. Maddie's down there somewhere. If you can hear us, Maddie. Maddie's seeking a player in all this chaos down there. Can you believe it? Let's head down to the field now. Maddie's got Tajay Spears. Tajay, just your quick thoughts on winning this game. Oh, it's going to be going to be chaos trying yeah. to talk to anybody yeah. down there. Maddie, keep on hunting for folks down there. We're going to carry the trophy presentation here as well. I'll tell you what, Steve. You have been around this program for a long time. You have been in this program. Maddie, down to you. We actually came out made history. We stuck together as a team. I mean, we had one goal since we started, and that was to get here. And we accomplished that tonight. Enjoy it, Dad. Maddie's going to keep on hunting folks down there. My, oh, my. It's our job to explain to you what we're seeing here, folks. And it is incredible. It really is just incredible. Did you ever think you would see this day, Steve Barrios, no. in Uptown New Orleans? I'm After telling. last year. After all the struggles and the seven win seasons and Banks was in and all the heartbreak in the last 24 years since the last conference championship. And if this does it, send chills down your spine. Maddie, down so to you. Heath Cooper. Yeah, it feels great. This is the best feeling in the world. The best feeling I ever had, man. All right, that's Keith Cooper. What a job he did the last couple of weeks here, Boy, Steve. Boy, you're not kidding. So many, so many heroes on this season. Um, you know, of course, you start with Tajay and Michael Pratt, but you move over to the defense. It's it's just been an incredible year. And 
the way this team has stuck together and rallied and come up with the the mantra of, of one and know and lived it and just an incredible coaching job you know coach coach fritz so deserving of coach coach of the year but the staff he put together to come back after that two and ten season the, all, all of those guys have just been incredible i'll just make the case now for those listening around the college football world your rain, your leader in the national coach of the year race just suffered a loss in the big 12 championship game today here you go willie fritz two and ten to eleven and two in a conference championship for the first time since 1998. Maddie, grab whoever you want down there. Go for it. What do you think what this means to Tulane? I tell you, our kids came out and played hard, had a little adversity in the third quarter, fourth quarter, but they played hard and I love it. And I appreciate everything they've done this year. Yes, they did. That was J.J. McCluskey. He's been around this program a while, too. He's unheralded in the defensive work. Wow. 45-28, a final score that is going to be etched in stone along with this team's place in college football history. And Look that, at this, Steve Barrios. <laughs> yeah, Look at the thousands on the field here inside Yeoman Stadium. And this is the thing that keeps coming to my mind is is Nick Anderson saying that we're gonna we're gonna be that team that's gonna make our own mark in history that other teams are gonna be compared to and his words have come true. How many times had we heard in the middle stages towards the end of this season how much this felt like 1998 and the response from so many of these guys and Nick Anderson at the forefront who told people in the fall this was the goal said not 1998 people remember 2022 and my goodness are they going to remember it let's head down to the field again Jarius Monroe down there with Maddie Monroe, what this means to you and, and you guys as a team this means so much uh, my team works so hard day in and day out we're just so grateful man we're just so grateful it took everything out of us we worked so hard every day at practice we're just happy to be here. Thank you so much, Ms. Maddie. You've been here every day with us. You watched us work. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Steve. That means so much. All right, that's Jarius Monroe. And as we near the trophy presentation, we will do our best for you to listen in to a culmination of this magical ride as Tulane wins their first American Athletic Conference title. Thank you. Tom Luganville from ESPN is gonna do the MC honors here. Mike Oresco, the commissioner, is down there. Willie Fritz is working over to the north end zone. They're going to set up about the 25, but the fans said no dice to that. They've claimed this one tonight. <laughs> yeah. I thought they were, yeah, they were setting up in the north end zone. Is that right? Yep, they are. We can't see them back there right now.
Wait for the all clear here. And here we go, Tom Luganville. For the American Athletic Conference Championship. They're representing our presenting sponsor, the CEO of Ruth Glenn Bryant Wedding. As well as Director of Operations, FCC Trick, Russian Nancy, thank you for your continued support for the American Athletic Conference. To my right commissioner, Mike Oresco, Mike. We'll let you uh, present this uh, trophy here. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. It's been great having you and ABC do our game. Uh, first, I want to congratulate the FBI. Microphone stop working there for Commissioner Oresco. Mike Fitz, president of Tulane University, and athletic director Troy Dana, who are here with me. For all they've done for Tulane and for their great hospitality. And I, Greenway and Coach Willie Fritz, an American Athletic Conference champion. Trophy there by Commissioner Mike Oresco. Let's hear from the head coach as best we can with Michael Pratt, the quarterback. Get a word with you really quickly. Two contenders to 11 and 2. Potential top bumper. Well, what does this group of young men mean to you? Touchdowns for Michael Pratt had a touchdown on the ground to clinch it as well. He's taking a photo with his head coach Willie Fritz. Uh, I knew the day after our last game against Memphis, um, you know, I 
Microphone is the only thing really not working there for the Tulane Green Wave here today. The only, <clears throat> the only thing comparable to this scene tonight was the 1973 game when Tulane beat LSU for the first time in 25 years, and the fans flooded the field and just stood there for hours and hours. But to bring this up to 2022 and you get you hate it sounds like a broken record but after this after the season last year it's just impossible to think that this was going to happen it, it was impossible it was impossible and you know we were hearing from a couple of these guys even in spring ball that wasn't us and that was an aberration and i think a lot of folks around the program thought the same thing but thought bowl game was back in the cards and working your way back up the league getting to the top of the league, winning 11 games, and now the Cotton Bowl. This was outside most of our wildest imaginations for this year. It, it, yeah, our imaginations, but those guys those guys every weekend. That's right. Never doubted what this team was capable of doing. It was one of the first days of fall camp. Linebacker Nick Anderson and team captain said the goal is the conference championship. And it's not as though this program has been flirted with that over the last couple of years. But they made it very, very clear to anyone who would listen that that's the standard now. That the two-lane green wave are taking over this league. They're moving forward. As all the shifting comes in the American Athletic Conference, Tulane had to go through all three of the teams, leaving for greener pastures here this year, and it culminated tonight, knocking off UCF in the championship game. They had to go through the Big 12 champions this year in <laughs> Kansas State to get to this day. On the road. On the road. And there will be some new teams coming in. UTSA has been brilliant in the last two years in Conference USA. They just won a title last night. But... I think Commissioner Oresco and many around the American believe this league is in plenty good hands moving forward, and the Tulane Green Wave are the reasons why. No doubt, you know, Tulane is going to move up in their prestige in the conference, and this is something that now is just not a dream. It's a reality, and it's a reality that we may see repeated over and over. Tell me why not. And I just got to say, you know, I've only been here two years. I've had some wild bookends here in my two seasons calling two-lane football now, Steve. But you've been here for, well, you've been here your whole life. <laughs> the man next to you has been here for a long time, too, in Alden Hagedorn. 
Uh, I'm so thrilled for you guys. And you have seen a lot of, well, bad football over the years and heartbreaking moments and the 05 Katrina year and all the chaos that caused and last year and everything with that. It has been a rough go for this program. There has been a lost generation of fans in this city for this program. And it's, I cannot just explain how thrilled I am for you guys who have been here through it all to see this unfold here tonight. Well, I'll tell you what, this is a great way to turn 40, okay? Hell of a 40th year. But, <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Maddie, I heard you in my ear. If you got someone, take it away down there. I have to get Ethan Dudak on this, folks. <laughs> and Joe, it's only right. So, Ethan Dudak, your thoughts on this win and what it means to this Tulane team? Um, after everything we went through last year and, you know, everybody who stuck around and just means a lot, you know, no one gave up, worked harder, went through a lot, but... We all just, it, it's just, it means more, you know, after what we did. So, you know, we all battled, got hurt, got healthy, fought, clawed, scratched, you know, ups and downs, but uh, it's it's all worth it. Right, that's Ethan Hudak on this game. You know, with us going to the Cotton Bowl here now, we might have in the budget to get a 23andMe to see if Maddie and Ethan are related. We still aren't sure. It's been two years of mystery here. Um, Boy, I mean, he, he said it, he, he said it better than most there, didn't he, though, Steve? It's, wow, 45 to 28, the final. They're going to put that in concrete somewhere around this stadium. No doubt, no doubt. Conference this champions. dream season will come to its final conclusion at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, on January 2nd, the 2023 Cotton Bowl game. I look to the north end zone, Steve, and I see a lot of faded banners of some of the bowl trips Tulane has made before. And I'll tell you what, I'm struggling to find the last real major one of the bunch. There's a Liberty Bowl in there when you were there with this club. There's a Sugar Bowl in there. There's a Rose Bowl in the 30s in there. Hawaii, but it has been. Yeah, the Hawaii Bowl of 202. I'd put this at about 50 years of waiting for this moment to return. Some of you have waited very patiently. I see that Greenbackers banner up in the Westfeld Terrace, and they have been as devoted as anybody to this program through all the ups and downs. The only man that can beat them in terms of devotion is the man to my left. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, but it's just uh, it's just been incredible and. What a, what a fitting and wonderful end to a wonderful season. And, hey, we got we got one more game to go. One more game to go. We're going to be spending New Year's in the Metroplex. Unless, as Mike Oresco said, something crazy happens here. But Tulane and UCF were the only two ranked teams in the group of five in this poll. Highest ranked group of five gets the New Year's sixth slot. Unless UTSA finds a lot of votes here all of a sudden. It'll be the Tulane Green Wave taking on opponent to be determined in the Cotton Bowl. Tennessee, USC, Alabama, Kansas State. Now they got to come here now, don't they, to the Sugar. It's going to be a big-time matchup and a big-time stage on January 2nd. We haven't even started our post-game coverage yet here, folks. Maddie is working her way up here to the booth. Take your time, Maddie. The team's still hanging on the field right now. I'll tell you what, 
It was a long game. It's been a long day here across the network. I'm not itching to go anywhere just yet here. Are you, Steve Barrios? No, not at all. I want to soak this in as long as possible. Goodness. Two-lane 45, UCF 28. The two-lane green wave are the 2022 American Athletic Conference champions. What a night in Uptown New Orleans. Shay, what a night for you. And it started right away, the first drive. You had that touchdown right away, and it just kept going for you. What was it about this game? What was it about this night where you knew that you had an edge and you were going to really turn it into high gear like you did? Well, um, just figured it'd be my last collegiate game, my last home game. So, uh, you know, I, I knew I had to be focused. Um, you know, the plays were there. And then also want to shout out my teammates, you know, especially the whole line. They were the reason why Pratt had so much time to get me open and uh, get the rest of my guys open. UCF was clawing back in there, got it to three down the stretch. And then there you were with that shaken free of the cornerback and is sprinting down the sideline. That play worked earlier with Lawrence, right? He got a touchdown in the first half. Take me through that play and what could have been the decisive touchdown of this yeah. one. Well, before that, uh, Quan, Jaquan Jackson, he made a great catch. I believe it was third and short. But, I mean, without without him making that catch, that play would have never happened. And, uh, you know, Pratt threw a good ball. It was nice timing. And uh, God willing, I just turned it into something. Your first year here was the 2-10 and ten year, and now here you are with some former compatriots of yours, now a part of this coaching staff. We talked about that a few times this year. What has it meant to you to see this program turn around like it did and do it with a couple of guys who have been instrumental to your football playing days? Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. You know, I, I really can't put it into words. It's just, um, you know, when, them, when, when those guys came, they were ready to compete, and uh, we had the group of guys to do it. You know, uh, just last year, uh, you know, they had us on the wrong foot, and, uh, you know, they buried us, honestly. But what they don't realize is that flowers grew. And so, I mean, this this upcoming year, I mean, we've been praying about it since the spring. And, uh, you know, everybody else might be surprised, but everybody in the locker room isn't. Shay, congratulations on a great night today, a one hell of a way in a conference championship. We'll see you at the Cotton Bowl, all right? Thank you. The one-two punch of Nick Anderson, Dorian Williams. Nick, I'll start with you because you were telling everyone who had listened back in August about the standard that you were hoping to set this year for this team, and you said conference championship was the goal. Here we are. How did we do it? Man, it's just, first of all, it's a testament to God, a testament to our coaches, our fellow captains, players, and it just shows, man, when you put God first and you really have faith in some the power of what he can do. To just flip this season from 2-10 and 10 to 11-2 and two conference champions, it's a blessing, man. And, and, and God did it, man. God did it. Dorian, as a co-captain here with Nick of this defense, to see what this group has done all year long and then do it again here today against this UCF team who did it to us a few weeks ago. What does it say about this group to carry this through across the finish line? Uh, just how resilient we are, man. We are, we're a real-life brotherhood, man. We know we love all these guys, man. We say it often. We say it all the time, man. No matter if it's at practice, no matter if it's, you know, right before the game, we tell each other we love each other, man. And that's, that's the type of mentality we got on this team, man. This is a real-life brotherhood, and I'm so proud of these guys, and I love these guys, man. Throughout the game, this team had to navigate some certain moments of adversity. UCF kept climbing back in there in the second half, and, and Nick, you left for a spot of time there. But when I don't think there was a soul who doubted that you'd be back in the game here, what did it mean to you? How purpose-driven were you to make sure you got back out there and finish this one off today? And I told the guys before we went out, man, I'm willing to die on that field for their trophy. So, man, when I went down, I was like, all right, we got to figure something out because I'm not sitting at this game. <laughs>
no one stays hurt. Nick Anderson definitely <laughs> yeah, nah, does not Nick stay hurt. Nick don't stay hurt, man. Nick's, you know, one of the toughest guys on the team. You know, he, he went down with the shoulder. And, you know, it had been bothering him already. I knew. I knew Nick was going to, you know, either shoot it up or, you know, do whatever we got to do, you know, for him to get back on the field, man. And I was just so proud of him, man. When this team needed a stop down the stretch, there you were, Dorian. Take me through the, the final fourth down stop of the game, the sack on Plumlee to turn it over again there late in the game. Nick Anderson just said, you're a dog. How about the end of this game for you? Uh, you know, I mean, guys put me in position, you know, make a play. Those guys did a great job of flushing him out of the pocket, you know, letting me be the spy, you know, go get him. Uh, Nick did a great job, you know, rushing after the passer there down the stretch, man. You know, he, he, you know, he does everything for us, man. I'm just so proud of him. I'm proud of his defense, proud of our offense, proud of our coaching staff. I'm just proud of everybody in this facility, man. And uh, just love the, you know, the love going around, you know. I feel like I can talk to anybody in the facility for sure. Fellas, it has been a pure joy to watch you two work this year. And guess what? We're going to Dallas here in January 2nd for a little Cotton Bowl game. That doesn't sound half bad. Congratulations on a conference title. You guys saw this through the finish line. Well done, your boys. Yes, sir. AAC Championship. AAC Champions. My fault. My apologies. Ring us, man. Ring us. <laughs> Go play drink some beer. Let's go. <laughs> Just as we started recording here, Coach Fritz, after winning the American Championship here today over UCF, just – I'll just let you take it from here. What a day. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I'm just really proud of the guys. It was, you know, we fought through a lot of adversity today. Almost had a chance to kind of put the game away and had a fumble down there and then another fumble. And, but they, they kept uh, answering. And uh, so huge win. I mean, I, I can't tell the students how much I appreciate them. You know, I thought it was a tremendous atmosphere at the, uh, at the ball game and, uh, they were into it from the beginning of the game till the end of the game. So really neat moment for uh, Tulane University. Michael Pratt, just take it from there about the day he had. He was sensational. Yeah, he threw the ball well, ran the ball well. I mean, he, when we needed to answer, he, he kind of led us in answering. I thought Tajay had an incredible day too and, and uh, had some big stops on defense when we needed to have him also. The leaders of this team that believed in what this team is capable of back in the spring, back in the fall, was telling everyone possible what this team was able to accomplish, and here we are accomplishing that. What does it say about this group to show the leadership, the maturity of this team to win a conference title after everything last year? Well, I'm, I'm just so proud of these guys. I've had very, very few problems with anybody on this team. You know, you got 118, 18 to 22-year-olds, and that's not often the case. So just a real special group of young men. They're... They're not only really good football players, but they're excellent students and, and fine, fine people. You know, we've got to get a few weeks off here, it sounds like. And then what do you say we uh, hang out in Dallas, Texas the first weekend of January? How's that sound? Sounds great. It's uh, just a heck of a deal for the for our program, the athletic department, and also for the university. And I hope the people of New Orleans feel that way, too. It's a big deal for our city. Coach, congratulations on the win. Roll wave. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge-watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog, because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. The best kept secret on the North Shore is Mandeville Seafood. Become a part of the family and try our famous catfish platter or order one of our delicious po'boys with hush puppies and a cup of gumbo. Dine in or carry out. 
Mandeville Seafood can even cater your next crawfish boil. Fresh seafood, local culture since 1996. Order online at com. Each day at Brian Subaru, our job is simple. We match up our Subaru customers with the Subaru they love. At Brian Subaru, we know all members of your family, including your beloved pets, have a say-so in the process. For a wonderful sales experience, come in to Brian Subaru. We consistently have great financing opportunities every month on all models in stock. Brian Subaru, 8305 Airline Drive in Metairie or briansubaru.com. Family, Subarus, and love. That's Brian Subaru. All right, fans, let's take a look at the upcoming schedule. It's brought to you by Coca-Cola. There's magic when we cheer together. Well, the 2023 Cotton Bowl Classic is coming on January 2nd from AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, and we need you out there for all the fun. Tickets are on sale now at TulaneTix.com, and I stress to you, buy tickets through the Tulane Ticket Department. Make sure you're part of Green Wave Nation in the Metroplex. It's TulaneTix.com or 504-861-WAVE. This is the best holiday gift you can get the Tulane fan in your life. Tickets to the Cotton Bowl game to see the Wave take on USC on January 2nd. Tulane basketball now takes center stage around campus for the next couple of weeks. Men's and women's hoops are the only sports in action until the new year. Women's hoops on the road Wednesday to take on Troy. That's at 6 o'clock. Paul Boron with a call for you on the network beginning at 545. They'll be back home Sunday afternoon to take on Southern. That's at 2. Men's hoops in Atlanta this Saturday to take on Buffalo as part of the holiday hoopsgiving event. That is a 10.30 a.m. tip time from State Farm Arena in downtown Atlanta. I'll be with you nice and early at 10 o'clock for our coverage here on the network. Then off to Chicago next weekend to take on George Mason. The next home game is December 21st. Secure your tickets for Tulane basketball at TulaneTicks.com. Conference plays right around the corner. That's also where you can lock in your season ticket packages for Wave Baseball, which begins on February 17th. Join us each and every week. Brand new episodes of The Current presented by Brian Subaru coming to your ears and all your favorite podcast platforms. You name it. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, Varsity Network, all that fun and excitement. It's all here for you. Load them up as you get ready for your holiday travels. It's the only podcast meant for you, the Tulane fan. My thanks to Noah Taliancic, Macon Clark, and Josh Remitich for joining the show this week, and of course, to each and every one of you as well. The Current, presented by Brian Subaru, was also brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Louisiana. Get the strength of the cross, the protection of the shield, and thousands of top doctors with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Louisiana. The right card, the right care. And by Children's Hospital of New Orleans, the health experts for kids. The Current, presented by Brian Subaru, was a production of the Tulane Sports Network from Learfield. Until next time, I'm Corey Glore, and as always, roll wave.